モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the nichiest podcast ever. Hello, on time, no talk. It has been way too long. It has been, it's been since April of this year. Yeah, that's, that's a long time. So we're now on the、uh, May, June, July, August, September, October,、uh, what, seven month rotation or something like that? Yeah, it's, a bi- it's a biannual podcast. Yes.、Uh, and my other co host, of course, Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello. So, yes, it has been a while.、Um, Way, way too long. And I think the problem, so I think it was kind of like a snowballing effect thing that happened because, of course, right after our last podcast、um, at work, we were getting our pre E3 issue finished in a hurry. And then, of course, we had E3. And then I think something in July happened where we were on vacation or, you know, people were gone. And then August, I was in actually Russia.、Um, Be- Belarus, to be, to be exact. And then I had to go to PAX Prime and TGS and everything. So it's just been this, like, this compounding of events that have caused us to not be here. But we are back. So let me first ask Anne, how have you been, Anne? Oh, wow.、Well, you know, six months is a long time. I think overall, <laughs> I've been, you know, a reasonable time. Tell us everything、good. that happened in those six months. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I went to Japan back in June during E3 and was there for ooh, two weeks, I think. So that was good. What, and, did, you do, what did you do while you were there?、Um, well, I went mainly for my host sister's wedding. And so I went to that, but、uh, a lot of shopping and.、Um, Uh, it was my first time back in four years. So it was a lot of just seeing all of my favorite spots and, you know, hanging out with all the people I haven't gotten to catch up with in a while. So not a lot of like, you know, traditional touristy sightseeing type stuff. A lot of shopping. <laughs> now, now when, when, you, when you go back, what area of Japan do you go back to?、Uh, Osaka. Yes. Yes. <laughs>、uh, it's funny, it- people ask me about Japan, and you know, I've only been to Tokyo once, and it was for two days. So, like, I don't know Tokyo at all. And honestly, I don't have a huge, you know, drive to visit Tokyo、um, because I have such a strong connection to the Osaka area, and I really kind、yes. of feel that everything you need is in Osaka, Kyoto, Kobe, that general area.、Um, but You know, I will get back to Tokyo someday, but it's not really high on my list at the moment, I think. That is because you are a smart gal.、Um, <laughs> no, so my, my first trip to Japan ever, I think at this point now, was 2001. And 
I almost want to say it wasn't until 10 years later that I finally actually went to Tokyo. Wow. So it was a long time. And, and I, I was, so my, my hometown in Japan is, is Osaka as well. Um, I love Osaka. I love the area. And it's, it's kind of interesting because there's a very big rivalry between Osaka and Tokyo. Yeah. Um, you know, Osaka thinks that, that Tokyo is the big shot who everybody pays attention to, you know, and they get all the attention. And then Tokyo thinks Osaka is kind of the, the uncivilized, uncultured, you know, little <laughs> little sibling or something. Uh, but no, I, I love Osaka. And, and I think everybody who goes to Japan always kind of thinks, oh, I'm going to go to Tokyo. And there's so much more Japan out there they can go to, you know. But yeah. it's just a mentality that's like, I'm sure it's the same thing when people come to America, it's either, you know, like New York or Los Angeles. Yep. Sure. Yeah. But there's like so much more you could go see. And, and I love Osaka. And, and you're right. It, it, it feels kind of like everything you need is there. And I actually, um, I don't know how much you've ever been to Akihabara, which is, of course, the, the big famous electronics right. district in Tokyo. But I actually much prefer Denden Town, which is the Osaka equivalent. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, you know, Akihabara was like a couple hour kind of jaunt for me over 10 years ago now. So I don't really remember it. But yeah, I always hit up Denden Town and it's great. So yeah, I can see that. I think though that Denden Town doesn't quite have the proliferation of maid cafes. <laughs> no, and you know, Akihabara the one has. thing that was quite upsetting is they don't have a butler cafe in Osaka. Ah. And they do in Tokyo. So that's the one reason I might go to Tokyo is to <laughs> try that out. Yeah, my friend and I were looking for one. And um, she's Japanese and is living uh, just outside of Osaka now. And she was searching and searching and couldn't find one. So we settled on this cosplay cafe where they have both men and women but it wasn't the same. I want to go to a butler cafe. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is that is the one thing that I think um, I will give Tokyo the kind of edge in. There, there's a couple of things, um, not not too many, but uh, is made cafes. And I actually I remember I sent Anna video because uh, before when I was in 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 Akihabara, I saw an ad for a boys love cafe. Yeah, and I always <laughs> wondered what in the world a boys love cafe would be. It's like, what could they be doing there to make you know that they are, you know, part of this this subculture? Uh, but then I found this video, and it kind of answered that question a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that that's what. And you then you took uh, another trip, I think, recently, didn't you? Yeah, that was more family vacation. Um, my parents came over to Australia and we went out to Cairns and then down to Sydney. So we went in the swimming in the Great Barrier Reef and all that. It was a bit more of an outdoorsy, touristy trip. <laughs> Not a lot of shopping. Though I did get a surprisingly good DS game haul of like five or six rare games. So I was happy <laughs> about that. <laughs> See, I plan all my trips are defined by my video game purchases. <laughs> so, how real quick before we move on, uh, how like when you when you do when you do shopping in in Japan, like what kind of shopping do you mean shopping? Well, of course, game shopping, and I usually have a list of titles that I haven't picked up because they're, you know, not the price I want to pay online or that I know for sure that I could get them cheaper, particularly Otome games. You can get much cheaper, um, like, used 
in Japan, in Denden Town in particular. Um, so, like, I got a huge PS2, PSP game haul. I mean, you could get Otome games for, like, you know, 100, 200 yen a piece. It's like a couple bucks. So it's nuts compared to, you know, 40 or $50 on eBay, even for the older titles. Uh, and then I also do clothes shopping, because Japanese clothes are really cute. And sort of stationary kind of tchotchke stuff. You know, uh, yeah, everything really. That's, <laughs> just wander around and pick up all these cute things. <laughs> that's one of the big problems with Japan is there's so, like, you don't necessarily appreciate it until you go there, but there are so many little things that yeah. you can find to, find to buy. Like, when I was there recently, I got an iPhone case. And, like, iPhone cases are everywhere, and they have so many awesome ones. And, like, all these little keychains or... Or, yeah, like I said, stationary sets or just all these little things that I almost feel like there's a more of a proliferation of them in Japan. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's even true or not, but you just feel like when you're there, there's more of these little everythings around, <laughs> you know, to, to, to buy. Yeah, it's. I think I'd go broke if I lived in Japan, honestly. I just couldn't help myself. But even things like I specifically wrote I, on my list, I was like, I want... Um, Japanese stickers <laughs> from my sticker collection and then like post-it notes I mean because in, here in Australia you go to the store buy post-it notes of these ugly yellow ones but in Japan they've got like the most adorable post-it notes I got these alpaca post-it notes they're like really long so they stick out of the side of your book and their little head pops out and then you'll flip to that page and it's like you can have all of your notes there. It's the best. <laughs> so, and you know, it's it's cheap things too. It's not like I'm spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on crap. You know, they're not a couple bucks. You know, for these little right. things that make me very happy. I'm very content <laughs> looking at my alpaca post-it notes. <laughs> but but no, but it's, it's like you said. I think there's there's like no matter what it is you want to buy, like you you hit the nail on the head. Is there is something cute, a cute version of anything. You know, it it can be like garbage twist ties, you know, and and they'll have little like pink ones with sparkles and Hello Kitties on them or something, you know, and like anything you think about that you could want, they have some interesting, cute version or just some interesting design for. Yeah. And and it is like like just like little basic things in America that you would never think of, you know, like it could be a pair of scissors or a ruler or or you know post-it notes or or whatever it is, but there's all these interesting designed versions you can find in Japan. And I wanted to say too, like the, the Otome games thing. Um, when I was over there recently, I went to a Tsutaya, which is kind of like there, you want to take a blockbuster or basically a video rental place, but they also, some of them have stores built on. And I went to the game section and I posted this on my Twitter and I was shocked at how big their Otome section was. Huh. Mm. Like, it was just, like, shelf after shelf of, like, these games. And I, I just, I hadn't realized before just not only how many. And the thing was, they, these were, like, 95% PSP. Yeah. PSP like is huge. Just how proliferant those games are on the PSP and just how many of them are and how big some of these sections have become. But, uh, Brian, what have you been doing in the last <laughs> six months? <laughs> to be I, have, spot. I have no idea. I think I've just been living. I've just been surviving. <laughs> Until the last two weeks, and then I've been sick for two weeks. Oh, what happened? 
I don't know. I just, uh, my husband brought a cold home and I, we both had colds for two weeks. I'm like finally Mm. starting to be normal, but anyway, it's just a cold, but you know, (laughs) other than that, not a whole, I mean, six months is a long time. I, I can't even remember. That's fine. I, I don't know what I did yesterday, so. I know. Living, working, playing games, blogging. That's my life. It's just r- wrapped up, rolled into a ball, and it keeps going downhill. Now, do you, do you enjoy getting sick? No. Who, who I, enjoys I, getting sick? I, I find, like, a weird enjoyment in it because oh. it's like that period of time when you can just not worry about anything but being sick. You know, like you just like get to lay in bed and you can just like, like you can just like lay there and watch like the stupidest TV that you would never watch otherwise. You know, and you can just do nothing and you can you're allowed to do nothing. Huh. I, I mean, you know what? I think it's been slightly different since I work from home for myself where you'd think it would be easier to take time off. But I just felt like I had to work through it and I had to, you know, I never took any time off while I was sick. I just kept, well, I attempted to work. It didn't always work. But, I mean, I wasn't laying around watching TV, sadly, or playing games or anything. Maybe, I don't know. I, You know, it, what's interesting is, you know, all of us at one point or another have worked from home. And there's kind of like, I think, this belief that, that working from home is the most awesome thing in the entire world. And <laughs> there are some nice parts of it. But one of the things you kind of touched on is something that people don't realize is you never, you're never off when you're at home yeah because yeah. just because of the way it works like w- when you go to work you know whether it's an office or like a fast food place or whatever it is you 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 leave your home you go to work you do work and you come home and even if you might think about work sometimes or if you might have something you need to bring home for that night and get done or whatever y- there's a very clear de- delineation between when you're working and when you're home and when you work from home that it does not exist yeah, and it can be really tough because you know I I worked from home for a long time and it's it's just so easy to get to points where you're basically working just all day long and it's it's hard to shut yourself off you know your brain off from that kind of work mentality and just go back to to being at home. Yeah, and even when you're not working, you're just like I use I have one laptop. I use it for work. I use it for fun. And when you know you you're always checking email. You're always thinking about stuff. So even yeah. when you're not working, you're thinking about it. But anyway, I mean, I would say I, I still haven't given it up. So, <laughs> you know, apparently there's more positives to it than negatives, but it's not, no, there, it's there, not yeah, there are, there are, there are positives too, definitely. I mean, you, you have a more flexible schedule and everything like that. But yeah. anyway, this is not the working podcast. This is the <laughs> nichiest gaming podcast, not, not nichiest jobs podcast. Yes, I know. But I haven't had anything interesting to say, so. Yeah. No, let's say I was, that was my segue. See, I was going to <laughs> move us on into the actual games discussion. Uh, no, I was not. I was not. You know, saying that you were being boring or anything. <laughs> That's okay. You can say that. So uh, we're going to talk about games, and real quick, you know, one of the big events for us, obviously, is TGS Tokyo Game Show. That's the reason I was in Japan recently, and I was there, and it was kind of sad this year mm-hmm. um you know I, I i went last year and possibly the year before i don't even remember this point i think i did but 
I don't know. This 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 year's show kind of the problem is we're in this transition between the current gen and the next gen, and Japan is not ready for that. You, you know, almost no companies in Japan have next gen games at least ready to show or maybe even in progress. So T- TGS was kind of this re- remnants of what's going to be coming out for the current systems and then what's coming out for handhelds and then what's coming out for mobile phones and then Capcom's deep down. <laughs> that was the next kind of, kind of game at, at TGS. Um, so it was sad in some ways, but it was also fun because I got to do uh, to talk to some people and to go to some certain things to show that were interesting. One of the big things for this year's TGS show was they had two new sections for the show. They had an indie game section, which Japan is is finally kind of catching on this idea of actually supporting their indie games industry and giving it some prominent recognition in media and whatnot. And then they had an Otome game section. Oh. Woohoo! At which, and I, I, I hate myself now for not having done this, they had a photo booth <clears throat> where these two very well-dressed, very attractive Japanese men uh, would sit there and you could go over and they would give you a bridal bouquet. <laughs> and you could sit on a bench with these two men and take your <laughs> photograph with them. Uh, and it, it was funny seeing all of the, the, at first, the only people I saw there were, were of course, Japanese women going up and having their photos taken. But then I did finally see a few men going up there and, and having them too. Uh, but it was, it was just, it was so weird because in this big auditorium with all these like scandally clad booth babes <laughs> and all these hardcore like Japanese gamers there for the show, there was these just two very perfectly dressed guys. You know, very attractive, very sharp looking that we're sitting there taking your photograph. But it, it was interesting because the, the Atomic Game section was like, I kind of in my head had the idea of what a section is, you know, being at PAX or E3 or whatever and seeing their sections. This was really just like four booths that were pushed against each other. And that was the entire section for, for both kind of the indie games and the Atomic Games. Huh. But it was it was, in, it was interesting to see that they had you know this actual area now and they were giving it some recognition. So I'm, I'm, I'll be curious to see like how that goes next year. Um, and at the indie section, I got to meet some people. I am totally spacing off of their names, but I met the person behind uh, They Bleed Pixels, and then a really cool game that is called Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, which is. If you know what, a, what roguelikes are, <clears throat> it's a roguelike, but you have to do everything in rhythm. And if you don't do it in rhythm, you, you get penalties. So all your movements, all your attacks, everything has to be done in rhythm. It's a really awesome game. And then I met uh, Christine Love, who's done I uh, Hate an Analog Story, I think is the name. Am I screwing that one up? I think that's right. And yeah. then she, she's done some other, other visual novels, too. And she did something that I think Anne's been playing with recently, <laughs> which is, was it the Game Girl camera? Oh. Yeah, Super Game Girl camera. <laughs> super Game Girl camera. Which is a lot of fun. <laughs> I got to talk to the people at Chunsoft, uh, who are 
responsible for Danganronpa. We'll talk about it a little bit. And I had a lot of fun talking to them, and I actually met them at a party later another day. And we sat there and drank alcohol and talked about games and stuff and translating games. And then I got to talk to somebody from Gung Ho, and they're the ones who publish the uh, infamous Akiba's strip, <laughs> where, if, if I'm recalling the story correctly, you are in Akihabara, and there are vampire girls, and the way to stop the vampire girls is to strip their clothing off. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So I asked them if they were bringing that to America, and they laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but one of the big things that was announced actually a few days before TGS that we want to talk about was the new Vita. Do any of you care about these new Vitas? As in, like, it's going to, we're going to buy one? Or <laughs> I mean, is there anything about them that interests you? I would have been interested had, I think we talked about this on Twitter, um, if the colored one, like black, or no, not black, the pink or blue... Um, only the face is the pink or blue, right? And then the back is kind of black mostly, or, um, I don't know. I just was, that turned me off totally. You, you, you have it, you have it the opposite way around, but, uh, Brian mentions what has to be one of the worst color choices ever in video game (laughs) history, which is, so there's, I think, oh, is it like six new colors? Yeah. What, what they're doing is they're making the backs of these new Vitas the color. And then the fronts are either black or white. Oh, right. So it's even worse. But for the pink one, the back is pink. The front is black. Yeah. Whoever, <sighs> except for wrestling superstar Brett the Hitman Hart, <laughs> who has ever wanted a black and pink video game device? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. So, so these new Vitas, they're, they're smaller, they're cheaper. They have an LCD screen instead of an OLED screen. I think they're like, are they like $50 cheaper, $60 cheaper? No, I'm not sure. They they're only so- available in Japan right now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought they were almost the same price, but they included a larger memory card that could be they, okay yeah because they, they, they do have some they do have i think one gigabyte of built-in memory i know I, we should know this but yeah we should know this <laughs> but you can you can tell our lack of excitement <laughs> yeah, we're, so, we're so interested that's why well i was interested until i heard that the screen was different and um normally i don't care so much i think about you know the quality because like you know with the 3ds xl supposedly the you know because it's larger it's not quite as nice a image but i don't really notice that so i don't know but something about because i love the vita screen as it is now i kind of anything that sounds like a step down i'm not really keen on just you know i'd love it to be lighter and um I like the colors, but as you said, yeah, the color combination isn't that good. But really, something about the fact that it's no longer that nice uh, uh, OLED. Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, the nicer screen <laughs> bugs me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think kind of what you're hitting on is that typically when we get, like, revisions for a system like this, 
the revision fixes something from the previous system. You know, like there's something that yeah. really was that was wasn't working. Like let's say the PSP, for example. You know, when we got the PSP 2000. It was much lighter. It was thinner. I think had think it had better battery life, full better screen. Uh, the the square button wouldn't break like the old one would. You know, there were definite updates when we got. I mean, my goodness, we went from the original DS to, to the DS Lite. Yeah. That was a huge change, and that made the system way better. You know, so typically, yeah. I think every time these revisions have, have improved on the system, but this almost feels like with the first Vita, at least for me, there wasn't a lot that I was really unhappy with. You know, I, 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 liked, I, liked, the, I liked the system. I liked what, what they did with it. And this new one kind of, like, is a downgrade in, in, in some ways. Like the screen is is a you don't I don't maybe you know maybe you don't appreciate it as much until you actually use the Vita but the screen is beautiful and going to the LCD screen like that's kind of a, you know that's a downgrade for me so yeah I don't I don't yeah. know there's nothing on it with this new system that that makes it something I would want to upgrade my current system oh, to yeah yeah unless it were like a serious budget model then you know i could see the downgrade if they want to make it just a lot more portable and a lot cheaper to get you know people that haven't bought a vita to pick it up but for those of us who have a vita that yeah it definitely isn't an upgrade though i do have one problem with the current model that i don't think the new ones fix but if they did that would be nice is the location of the speakers because mm. I actually don't always use headphones. I know everybody swears by using headphones, but I don't. And I always put my right thumb over the speaker. And I'm like, huh? What happened to the sound? What? And I'm like, oh, yep. my finger's on it. And that is so annoying. <laughs> so they should just move them. <laughs> I don't think they have, though. I don't, I don't think they have. Um, I do know, to be fair, I know that they switched. Because the original Vita has that weird proprietary can plug on the bottom of it. Whereas a new one, I think it's just a standard mini USB plug, so that's nice. Oh, but they they still use those dumb, expensive cards, and they they still. One of the weirdest things to me is on the Vita where the game cartridge goes in, like it's so hard to get in and out. Yeah, and there's that little thing, that little tab you have to keep opening up, you know. Yeah, you really gotta thing. jam your fingernail in there to kind of <laughs> work it out. It's not an easy thing. <laughs> But the Vita is not the only portable to get a revision lately. And I'm going to actually have Brian tell us what happened to the DS. <laughs> uh, well, they decided to remove the hinge and, you know, make it... Oh, it removed three, the 3D uh, effect <laughs> <laughs> and put it all in a very strange-looking contraption for the kids, I'm guessing. And call it a 2DS. Have either of you used this yet? No. Although, I, I mean, I have heard good things about it. And I and I no. will say I've changed my opinion of thinking it's the most hideous thing ever to just... There are some instances where it looks nice, but I'm still not interested in it. Yeah, I haven't used it either, but I would, I'm kind of interested to see how it feels. It's, um... It's it's a lot smaller than you kind of think it is because I think from pictures it looks really big, yeah. for some reason. Uh, but it but it is smaller than than you think. It's 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 weird. It it's really weird. <laughs> like it's a really weird thing. It, it it feels like no handheld I've used 
ever. Huh. Um, and it's, I don't know. I, I haven't used one enough to, to really tell. Like I'm going to get one at some point. Cause I just, I, that's just what I do. Um, <laughs> you know, once we get a pink and white one, probably. But, uh, In Japan, I, I mean, yeah, well, that would be, that would, that would be a way for me to actually play Japanese 3DS games. <laughs> So it's it's unusual. It really is unusual. It, 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 and you you use it, and it doesn't feel as bad as you think it's going to feel. But then the triggers are all the way at the top, and they're a little bit awkward. Mm. Um, you know, the kind of thought is like you said. It's, it was made for kids, and also the name's weird because yeah. 2DS sounds older than the 3DS. So you think like, well, the 3DS shouldn't play 2DS games because three is bigger than two. Yeah, or you know, it's. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see like how it does because I think it's just I think it's just come out in America and it's coming out in December I believe in Japan. So we'll see. Speaking of things coming out, Anne, oh. I'm gonna make you do this. Part. <laughs> okay. I want I want you to talk. Oh. So I'm making you talk more. Okay. So what are the games that are coming out? Because there have been a lot of game announcements since we lasted a show. And this is just some of the game announcements that has happened, kind of happened recently. So, so what games have been announced for our English-speaking shores? Okay, wow. Jeez. Um, actually, probably the most recent one was literally yesterday. I guess it's yesterday now. Um, Natsume announced that they were bringing Sayonara Umihara Kawase, a 3DS game, over uh, in early 2014, and they're calling it Yumi's Odd Odyssey. Um, I, I assume that everyone listening to the nichiest podcast ever would probably know this niche game series, but um, <laughs> I'm probably not the best person to talk about it, actually, because I've never played an Umihara Kawase game. Really? But- Yes, I only, actually, it was you, Brian, that introduced me to the series. I'd never even heard of it before until you, I think you wrote a blog post about one of oh. them. So, yeah, but, so maybe somebody else can talk about the origins of that. Brian, you're probably more qualified. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, actually, I will admit, too, that I own the DS version, but I've never played it. I've never played any other games either. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so. Okay, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to, like, give you the Wikipedia answer or anything, but um, the original one was produced for the Super Famicom um, by, a, like, a tiny company that, I don't know if they ever produced anything else. I mean, bef- uh, I don't know. I, I just know it was a tiny company. I'd never heard of it before. Um, and the game centers around a young schoolgirl who, and I don't even know what the story is, but she has a backpack, she has a fishing line, a fishing pole, and you basically go through each stage uh, in kind of like a semi-platformer, semi-bionic like commando-esque way where you you jump a little bit and you use your fishing line to grapple onto ledges and swing around and avoid enemies. It sounds boring, I'm sure, but um, I don't know. It's just an extremely unique game that's a kind of a m- mishmash of styles and it's wonderfully difficult <laughs> uh, and they're all in each of the games are kind of cheap in a way like the super famicom game 
looked kind of ugly for its time. And then there's a PS1 a kind of semi-sequel that used like digital photographs as the background that had been colored. Um, and this new one uses polygons in kind of a terrible way, but um, it's it's not pretty. It's, it's, it's not. It's not pretty. It's not. But they are all really fun. Although I will also say they are completely unforgiving. So if you are someone who absolutely cannot handle a challenge, like right now, I think I'm on the. I've been playing for two or three hours, and I'm on like the fifth stage. <laughs> in fact, I was playing it earlier, and I just kept dying over and over and over and over in one stage. And I was like, thank God nobody is videotaping this because. I just kept dying. I couldn't help it. But anyway, that was a very long-winded <laughs> answer to what it is. But well, and, and it's it become like I feel like this real cult classic game, which is interesting, um, at least for the Western kind of market, because this will be the first time the, the series has ever been brought out here. Yeah, like in English, you know, for any of the games, but people do know it and. Not a lot of people, but there is a really like a hardcore kind of fan base for the series. So it, it's 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 really neat that it's coming over. Um, I know Anne doesn't particularly care for the name so much. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what are you going to do with Umihara Kawase yeah. anyway? Aside from re- keeping the Japanese name, which I think would be tough to sell it to folks that don't know what it is already. So yeah, there's they something did what a they little. Could. There's something a little like precious about the title, but you're right. I'm like, I don't know what they could really do. They couldn't directly translate it. And if the, I don't know, I think they could have left it alone, but I think that would be risky too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. That's coming over. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I hope they give it a, a realistic price, yes. you know, mm-hmm. and then I hope people buy it and enjoy it. Even if it's ugly. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. But <laughs> I'll try it. I'll try it just for you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what else we have? Ah, uh, well, next up, one of particular interest to me is um, Axis announced that they're bringing over yet another Hakuoki game. Yay. This will be <laughs> the fourth Hakuoki game that they're bringing out in English in like about two and a half years actually crazy yeah it's nuts every time they say they're going to bring out another hakuoki game i'm like what really (laughs) like (laughs) it just keeps surprising me every time and it's funny because well this is the ps3 version for those who don't know and the subtitle is stories of the shinsengumi we just got memories of this shinsengumi on uh the 3ds <laughs> which i'm actually reviewing and i believe didn't you review it shiroshi i did review it yeah you know it's um it's really weird for me to say this but i really liked it in 3d huh yeah i don't think yeah the 3d is pretty nice like, like that, that actually, actually some interesting work with the layering and stuff um the, the downside to me was that i think the text is a little small on the 3ds so it can be mm. definitely harder mm-hmm. to read than the psp or, or, you know, or putting it on the Vita, but huh. I did actually like the 3D, which is weird to say about a visual novel, I kind of feel. but hmm. I didn't yeah. even know that it was in 3D, to tell you the truth. Yeah, and they, they said they actually put some real work into how they layered stuff huh. to, make, to make it look nice. Cool. Yeah, and the photo booth is <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, 
So the PS3 version is the same core story from the PSP game is the same. So that they bought that's the same as the 3DS version, and that's going to be the same in the PS3 version. But they've got a bunch of new side stories that uh, I'm not quite clear whether they're all available at the beginning, or you might have to play through the main game and then they'll unlock after you beat it. But there's um, one kind of alternate reality story where they're actually high school students. <laughs> so they've taken so all the Shinsengumi and put them in a high school setting, and I think it's called Sweet School Life. And that these side stories were actually so popular that they're making a full game called Hakuoki Sweet School Life that's coming out <laughs> in Japan in 2014. So that's kind of, I think, going to be the big draw of this one for, you know, fans of the series. Plus, of course, seeing them on the big screen and all that. But I just can't believe that Axis keeps, you know, thinking that it's worthwhile to bring these over. I don't know. Maybe they had some kind of agreement from the beginning that they were going to bring over so many of them. I I think it's, I think it's just, you know what, Um, I think it's just they... They hit a certain niche. They they have a certain fan base. They probably don't cost a whole lot. I mean, there's translation aspect, but beyond that, they probably don't cost much to bring over. Right. The the Japanese publisher probably just is realistic with the fact that this is not a big fran a big genre in, in America. Mm-hmm. So they can't ask too much, you know. Um, they make enough money off of it. It's like probably similar like a corpse party or something, you know. They yeah. they had a realistic expectation of how many people would buy it. They hit more than that. They made enough to make it worthwhile and to keep trying, which is awesome. Yeah. And I also want to say just it's 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 so Japan to me to have a game about romancing vampire samurai in Edo period <laughs> Japan and then say, you know what we should do? We should put them in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And see what happened to them. Like like that just that just seems just so typical because then you can have the girls being like oh i'm, I'm a high school student and i'm i'm dating one of them in high school you know <laughs> it's a it's a much more like you can put yourself in that those shoes much easier than being back at edo period or something. yeah but but i'm excited because this is gonna be like on the ps3 and like super high res shinsen shinsen gumi guys on my television that's cool. <laughs> yeah what else what else oh well um what else Ones that I'm particularly interested in, uh, they finally announced that um, Atelier Esha and Woji, Wogi, I'm not even sure how that's pronounced, <laughs> but um, the, the latest in the Atelier series for the PS3 is coming out in 2014 again, and that looks really good, so. Yeah, I, you know, I, I liked um, the last one with Aisha, yep. and they had kind of promised this, this more mature angle to it and i don't think they quite hit as far as i i wanted them to but i actually i like the atmosphere a little better than the the uh arland i think arland children yeah yeah it was so yeah i'm excited for this one too yeah and this one has the option you can choose between a male and a female protagonist which isn't the first for the series i understand but it's the first option you've had between a male and female character um in the PS3 iterations, I think. Yeah, I th- yeah, because there was 
I don't think there's been too many where they've given you that, that option, but no, there was at least one. I, I almost said the PS2 had at least one mm-hmm. with a male protagonist. Anyway, I'm into that because one of the things I don't like about the series, and maybe they fix this in Aisha a bit, but I haven't played that one yet, um, is it's just like too much moe cute kya you know, woohoo, yeah. uh, you know, cutesy girl characters everywhere. So <laughs> I would kind of like the, I like the ability to pick a male character. So hopefully there's a bit less of that. I don't know. But no, um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I said, I, I think when you, if you ever get a chance, you should try Aisha. Um, it's, like I said, it, it didn't fix that aspect as much as I hoped, but I definitely did feel like there was a different different atmosphere to to Aisha herself versus kind mm-hmm. of the other characters. And I mean, I actually thought Totori wasn't too bad as a main character, but you know, um yeah, I said I I think Aisha gave a little more mature slant to the games. So I I hope that you will be happy with with this game. Mm. But we will see. We'll see. I'll pop, I'll definitely get it though. I like the looks of it, so that's on my list. Uh, next up, well, actually, you've got this one on the list, and I didn't even know this had been announced. Um, oh. But to- Tokiden, yes, for the Vita is coming out, and I, is that not a, a kind of a Monster Hunter clony type game? Yet another one of those. Or it's am one I of incorrect? the eight hundred, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Monster Hunter clones there are for the Vita. Uh, the reason I'm I'm really interested in this one is because it's got kind of like a ancient Japan aspect to it and the visuals are really pretty like the character designs and the, the kind of overall graphics look really cool mm. uh, so, so i know it's kind of like a monster hunter clone but i think that just from a stylistic perspective because i feel like whenever we get monster hunter clones they're either very fantasy or very futuristic mm-hmm. you know so this is kind of like an, an uh just a, a different take on the genre versus the uh, we get typically so so yeah that'll be interesting yeah i haven't i don't know why i have i I think there have been so many monster hunter type games that i've started to tune them out (laughs) but um yeah that that's good that they're bringing it over um next up is the uh fourth game in the deception or is it also known as kagero series and that will be coming out for the Vita as well. And now I've never played any of these, but you know it's kind of a horror series, and I hear it's quite good. Have you played it, Shidoshi or Brian? Not me, sadly. Yeah, I I, I played a couple of the PS One versions, and it's kind of like it lets you play the role of the bad guy. And if you ever played, uh, what were the American the American names? Uh, what did I do to deserve? Oh, yeah. So it, it was originally called Holy Invasion of Privacy Bad Man. <laughs> but they had to change the name because <laughs> the DC freaked out or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, those games were kind of like you're, you're, you're a bad guy and you're building your, your underground dungeon and people keep invading you. That's This is the same kind of idea, but this is like you're in castles or whatever and you set up these like elaborate like mousetrap-esque uh, trap combos. So you'll have, let's say, like a 
uh, something that that snares a person's foot, and then this magnet shows up, and it the magnet makes a big metal ball roll down a hill and smash the person, and then spikes <laughs> come down and crush them or something. Uh, so it's kind of like a horror game. But it's like you get to play the bad guy, and people keep invading your house. Oh, interesting. It's always like kind of like this different kind of thing. Yeah. So. But then it's not really scary, then, is it? If you're in control of killing people it's, no, it's more, more just, just kind like, of horror themed is it's it? more ma- like masochism kind of thing uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> even better yes <laughs> well okay then we'll change um you know themes a bit here with some nis america announcements which are totally not horror related at all <laughs> um they surprisingly have or maybe not so surprisingly, have announced um, working title Hyper Dimension Neptunia PP for... <laughs> That's really awkward to say, actually. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that until I actually read it out loud. I was like, oh, yeah. maybe they should work on that title. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's a, a Vita game. It's um, part of the Hyper Dimension Neptunia universe but instead of being a traditional role-playing game it's actually like an an idol game and i it's to me it seems a lot like the idol master games i guess but i'm not quite familiar with that series so i can't say for sure but you've got the hyper hyper dimension neptunia characters and you raise them to be pop singers right and you can do little like rhythm mini games and I don't know, dress them up cute and stuff like that is my impression. That That's what it seems like. It's very much an idol master, like you're the producer and you have to teach them how to sing and dance and have concerts so that the world can be saved. <laughs> oh, <Somehow>. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, they do bring out all those hyperdimension Neptunia games, so I guess it shouldn't come as a surprise, but it's kind of the first idol game to come out in English, I think, since we haven't gotten the Idol Master games, or is there some other one I'm missing? Uh, yeah, you know, I I think the, I think the closest we've had was like the Hatsune Miku Project Diva game. I mean, yeah. it's not the same thing, but yeah. it's the closest to like, like, like an Idol music rhythm game, so yeah. Yeah. I think so. yeah. so, and then... They've announced Mugen Souls Z for PS3, also for 2014. Um, I actually had to review the original uh, Mugen Souls, and I really don't have anything good to say about it. I quite <laughs> disliked it. The like opening scene is a bunch of underage girls in an onsen feeling each other's boobs and giggling about it, so really not my thing. <laughs> but... um. Uh, apparently, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but I didn't even know there was a sequel, so that's interesting. Uh, the original game, actually, they had to censor it a bit when they brought it over in English because that they had a extension of that onsen uh, bath scene where you could actually like use the analog stick to scrub the girls <laughs> and they thought that was a little bit too much for western audience that they might get in trouble so they removed that and in the press release for Mugen Soul Z they actually said that they will be altering some of the content to make it suitable for 
North American audiences. So I'm not really sure、mm. what that means, but <laughs> yeah.、Uh, but、mm. the gameplay itself, it's like an RPG,、uh, you know, like the Hyper Dimension Neptunia series. Or,、uh, and yeah, that's really all I can say about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, two more and you're done. Okay, you okay, I'll keep going. I'll <laughs> yep, do them all. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Am I、yes. taking over your job now? <laughs> That's fine, keep going. All right, well, next. Oh, this is another Nisa title,、um, it, which you mentioned briefly earlier, is、uh, Danganronpa,、uh, which I guess is subtitled as Trigger Happy Havoc. And that's a PS Vita game. And I'm not very familiar with the series, but it's quite popular in Japan and even kind of in the West on the internet.、Um, I've heard it、yeah. described as a mixture of sort of Ace Attorney and、uh, Zero, what is it? Oh gosh, Zero, Zero Escape. Zero Escape. Yeah, yeah, Zero Escape, right? Yeah, I think it's kind of like Zero Escape meets Battle Royale. Oh, okay. Battle Royale, whichever way you want to say it.、Um, No, I'm very excited by this because there were like a few PSP games that I never thought we would ever get and I always wanted to see us get.、Um, and this was one of them. And so I was really, really shocked when this got announced、uh, for America, at least the Vita version did, because there's a lot of text and it's kind of the same problem that、uh, Steins Gate had, where there's a lot of like slang and, and other kind of like cultural. Ways of speaking that might be hard to, to translate in English,、mm. but but they're gonna try it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think from what I understand, it's kind of like a very it's a digital novel kind of thing, but also it might have some sort of puzzle elements, possibly kind of like the Zero Escape games, which were 999 and、uh, Virtue's Last Reward. Yeah,、mm. and you kind of, I guess, you're kind of like all your. A group of students, and part of the reason why they, people didn't think they were going to come out over here was your group of students, you're locked in a school and you're told to basically kill each other in order, in order to get out. So, there, there's something about Japan of like this idea of like people <laughs> being kidnapped and then having a weird mascot character make them、yes. do things to each other. Yeah, this seems to be a recurring theme. <laughs> Because we got that in Virtual Last Reward, we got that in Sweet Fuse, and. At least a few other games. so. Yeah. Okay, and finally, maybe the biggest announcement for some of us, I don't know, for me anyway, perhaps,、uh, Square Enix is bringing over Draken Guard 3, which is also known in Japan as、uh, Dragon Dragoon, which is the funniest name ever, honestly. <laughs> But、um, that will be coming out for PS3 in 2014. So. No, I've never played these, but I've heard that they're really, really crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I will admit, I, I bought the first Drake and Guard game when I was a Wii one. I probably wasn't that young, but I bought it for the <laughs> PS2. And、um, the reason I bought it was because it promised dragon battles. You know, I was like totally into dragons and said, oh, wow, you can fight with a dragon? Yeah. So I bought it. And. Anyone that knows the series knows that it's kind of notoriously bad in terms of gameplay. <laughs> like, the gameplay isn't really that good, but it's the story is super crazy and pretty dark, and there's you know, incest and all sorts of stuff you know, that it, it, you don't normally see in games. But 
you know, for me who just bought this game to play as some badass dragons and kill things and the controls were bad and I was just like, this game is rubbish and I traded it in. <laughs> and so now I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> I should have played through it, but I don't think I would have appreciated it at the time. Um, I have Nier, which is sort of the spiritual sequel to the Drakengard 1 and 2, but I actually haven't played much of that, so... Yeah, I haven't gotten too far into it either. Um, and I'm curious to see if, like, this game, because I think the previous two games kind of got some censoring when they came to America, so I'm curious if this one will, like, remain unscathed or mm. if it too will have things that have to be cut or changed. Have you played any of these, Brian? I haven't. I, I actually know very little about them other than the I've always liked the Japanese name. But that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> I didn't even really know. I just assumed they were RPGs. They sound interesting. Yeah, well, they're really more action RPGs. Yeah. Not, not a lot of major RPG elements from what I remember, but... Yeah. Anyways, I think that's probably the one I'm most excited for, so I really ought to at least play Nier, I figure. I don't know <laughs> how how closely related... Drake and Gar 3 will be to the previous two, like whether the story is kind of continuous or not, so that might be worth checking out before jumping in, I'm not sure. So, like, a lot of, like, really interesting games coming over here, and it's nice to see that, you know, we're always getting these crazy little niche games, uh, and that people keep wanting to take chances on stuff. Yeah. Um... What's next? <laughs> We're going to talk about that in cheerleading. So what we wanted to talk about was and asked what games we are looking forward to for the rest of the year. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess to clarify, perhaps we've kind of worked our way through October, which for a niche fan may have been the biggest month of the year for releases. So maybe not just the rest of the year, because we've only got November and December left, but maybe <laughs> what titles have come out, you know, in the past month or so, or the rest of the year that we're kind of looking to pick up. I know that I have quite a few games that have suddenly appeared in my pile, and um, <laughs> but there's still more that you know i'd like to get so i'd be interested to see either maybe what you've picked up recently that you're really looking forward to playing or what you still want to add to your collection well well, like you said i'll let brian go first but i want to say like you said october was crazy (laughs) like i had it's it's so funny because um i tend to at work be one of the people to review all the the weirder japanese games and stuff and I'll have a few months where there's just, like, nothing. And I have, like, no games like that. But then all of a sudden, there'll be, like, five games come out, like, mm-hmm. all at the exact same time that are that kind of style. And it, it kills me. But, Brian, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> or, 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 what have you, or what have you picked up recently? Um, well, okay. So I will talk about a game that I do not have yet, although I just did get the notification that it was shipped today, um, that was just released, uh, Hometown Story for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because when it first was announced, I was not all that interested in it. But as I kept seeing more about it, I just was like, I want this game and I, I'm looking forward to it. So um, I don't know if people know much about it. 
I don't think it's gotten a lot of press, sadly, but um, it's made by the same guy who made Harvest Moon in the Harvest Moon series. Um, and it's kind of like, I don't know, a takeoff of that kind of game where you uh, run a shop. And I think you run around town and go into the forest and collect items. And um, I don't know. It just looks really charming, even if, you know, like I think some of the art style choices are questionable. But I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it arriving. Um, did you happen to see a tweet I recently tweeted saying there was a game I've been looking forward to that I was very, very disappointed <laughs> in? Oh, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> so you didn't like it? Um, I'm not saying it's hometown story, but if it, if it were, I could say that I was a number of hours into hometown story and was really, really not liking it. Well, that's okay. I, I, I don't want to taint you, you know, and, and see what you think of this game, but, um, whatever that game was that I'm disappointed in, I am really, really saddened by what I've played so far. Now, so are you usually like a harvest moon kind of person i love i love harvest moon okay see i you know what i think i've admitted this before i have always uh liked the series from afar i've never played a harvest moon game (laughs) so maybe it will be lost on me or maybe it just sucks (laughs) we'll find out You'll find out because you know i won't have anything to really compare it to in my mind i'm just going into it fresh but I'll I will let you know. Okay. I'm still looking forward to it. You haven't ruined yep. it for me. I I I I am not talking about hometown story. I'm talking about some <laughs> yeah, mysterious right. game whose name I won't say. I, and I okay. I will say one more before we move on. Um, I'm actually looking. Well, okay. I'm getting slightly scared, but I'm looking forward to the new Band Brothers game for 3ds ah. for J- the Japanese version, but. The more I see about it, the more I think I'm going to be so lost because it looks like they keep mm. expanding the options in the game and I'm not going to know what the hell I'm supposed to do, but I think I'm buying it anyway because I've loved all of the other games in the series. So, And I don't know if yeah. I should explain that to people if, if they would know what it's, the fan brother it's, it's a really tough game to explain, I, I feel. Yeah, I mean, it's a music game, but, you know, it's not... Uh, like Elite Beat Agents or Rhythm Tengoku or anything like that, you're, well, at least the sections that I always play in the games, you're kind of, the music floats by on the screen, on the top screen, and you are usually pushing the D-pad and the buttons to correspond with notes in the music. And it sounds really lame, but I have always, I don't know, I absolutely loved the first DS game, and then I bought the second one, and I loved that one, and I don't know. I just find it really enjoyable, personally. But there you go. Yeah, I, I have the first one. I think it's the one. I have the one that came with the headphones. Yeah, which is yeah, I think the first one. Um, I never got the second one. I, I need to. Pick, I should pick it up someday. And I feel like there was like an expansion pack too released, or is that is that is that part two basically? No, there was an, there was like a, a, a Game Boy Advance cartridge expansion for the first one. Okay. I don't. I don't think I have that. But um, hmm. I don't know. I, I just always thought it was an interesting series that I'm surprised they've never really localized. Because I mean, I know they released it, the second one in Europe and it flopped. But um, I really think like it's such a simple idea, 
that it could be, I mean, it's not going to become something huge, but I'm just surprised they've never tried elsewhere because it's, when you play, it's one of those games that when you play, I think a certain group of people is going to have a lot of fun with it, but apparently I'm the only person who thinks that <laughs> outside of Japan. And Hmm. Well, I've been thinking this whole time, what is there left this year that hasn't come out already that I haven't got, you know, that I haven't got yet? And uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there's so much that just came out and somehow I ended up with almost everything that I wanted. <laughs> so, um, like, uh, well, my parents came over, as I mentioned, um, just a couple weeks ago. And my mom said, what do you want for Christmas? I'm going to bring it over with me. So (laughs) I gave her a list of games. And so I've already gotten them, like Hatsune Miku Project Eva F. um, She got for me. And I haven't gotten gotten a chance to play that yet, but I'm really interested to play it. uh, Just because I like rhythm games, and I've never really gotten into Hatsune Miku. But it it looks quite cute, and uh, yeah, I'm interested in that. Um... This is a bit cheating, but us lucky Australians will be getting Bravely Default before oh, you lowly oh, Americans. That's just <laughs> so cool. I have pre-ordered the special collector's edition that comes with a figurine and an art book. It's a whopping $150, and I'm kind of crying over it, but <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. It's like I've been wanting to play Bravely Default ever since it was released in Japan, but I said, no, I'm going to wait for this hypothetical English release, you know, so that'll be great. That comes out uh, December 7th here. I forgot about that. Yeah, I just remembered it, so I wanted to cheat and put that (laughs) one in there, because that's probably definitely my most look forward to game. And then other than that, maybe um, Ease, Memories of Celsita, Celsita for the Vita, which the only problem I have is I'm not sure if it will be lost on me since I've only played, like, Ease 1 and 2. And those are the only Ease games I've ever played. That, like, is there the story, you know, continuity that I might have to catch up on or something? I, 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 I'm I, trying to think of, like, how the other Ease kind of worked. Like, I feel like you should be fine. Hmm. Uh, I'll probably I pick mean, it up anyway. Yeah. It's just whether or not I play it right away. I've got... Uh, Oof and Felgana on my PC that I need to get to, so I might try playing that one first, just so I have a bit more background in the series, but that looks pretty great, so I'm looking forward to that one, and I believe that comes out in November. I think. I don't... I I feel like I don't know when it's coming out at this point, because I feel like they, they bumped it or something, but maybe I'm wrong in that. Hmm... So I'm not sure, but it might be it might be November. I'm not sure either. Oh, <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, I think that's it. I mean, I've got, as I said, a massive pile of things to play. <laughs> I've barely touched Rune Factory Four, which is like one of my most anticipated titles of the year. So need to get on that. And um, yeah, what about you, Shidoshi? Your your last. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I've really filled up my 3DS lately, because in like the last few weeks, I've on digitally I have 
Odyssey Untold, The Millennium Girl, uh, Pokemon X, Rune Factory 4, uh, Phoenix Wright, Dual Destinies, Hakoki, and Hometown Story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm playing like all these like crazy Japanese games, which, and, and I know it's, we can't even call it niche anywhere close, but uh, I have not played a Pokemon game since the original on the Game Boy. Like oh, the wow. original. So I'm looking forward to actually trying Pokemon X. But um, what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Ease. I'm looking forward to some of the ones we mentioned earlier, like Danganronpa. I'm really looking forward to that. Atalia games I always enjoy playing. Um, mm. the, my, my problem is right now, like my brain is so like next gen because really? of work and everything. I'm just like so worried about like getting the next gen systems and and playing all those through all those games and everything that like it's it's kind of good that October was all of the crazy little games because I got those out of the way and now I can just concentrate on getting my PS4 and digging into that. <laughs> um, you know, but there are like I said, the Hakogi for PS3 definitely Atari game. Ease memories I've said a Tearaway. I'm I'm looking definitely looking forward to. And there's one game I want to get to in a minute that I got recently that I know, Anne, you've played. But before I get to that, because I didn't mention it earlier, talking about pickups recently, when I was in Japan for TGS, <laughs> I, got two, I got two new DSs. Oh. Really? And, yes. So in my DS collection, I've, I've, I've had every... DS model except for a DSi XL. I never had one of those. So when I was over there, I found a used, and there's asterisks on that, I found a used DSi LL, basically their version of the XL, for 50 bucks. And the thing Mm. about used, and I know Anne can attest to this, the thing about used in Japan is their idea of used and our idea of used are very different far apart (laughs) like when you're in japan you buy something that's used it typically looks brand new when it comes to gaming stuff so this was a a dsi xl that looked completely new i think the the problem it's funny because they they always write this little sheet on what the system is missing if you're a buy used system in japan and i think it was missing like the warranty card (laughs) You know, so that was like their their big notice on the, on the front of it, and the box. It it, it didn't have the, it didn't, it didn't have the box. I oh wait, did I get the box? I didn't get the box. But um, so I got DSi XL, which I had never had before, and I I did I never had Japanese DSi, which I don't think I'm ever gonna get anything from the the shop at this point anyway. But it's it's kind of nice to have. So I I I, I was like happy because I had my entire DS collection complete now as far as models go. Um, but then a few days later, I was at a different shop and they had the really cute coral pink DS Lite. Mm-hmm. And that was also $50. And I was like, oh, I just can't say no. To this. <laughs> so now I, I have, so going across the entire collection, I have a DS Fat. I have a, I have three DS Lights. <laughs> I have a DSi. I have a DSi XL, a 3DS, and a 3DX XL. And my big problem now is every single one of my systems is either white, P, 
pink or pink and white, except for my DSi. My DSi is black. Oh. And now I just feel so perturbed by that. Well, gonna... I feel like I feel like now I have to go out and buy like the, the white DSi <laughs> to replace it. So wait, this is, this is... you didn't say what the LL color was. Is it white? It's white. Okay. Yep. This is this is how sick I am. Is that <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? I really need to now buy a DSi white <laughs> to replace my black one. <laughs> And I don't even know if you can like I don't think I don't think you, I don't think you can transfer the content over. Oh, I don't think so. Which sucks. So I'll have to figure out what to do about that. But uh, but before we move on to cheerleading, which we need to move on to because we're going to be very long show tonight. I have to talk to Anne about something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a little game known as Valhalla Nice Three. Oh yes. <laughs> now. now this entire conversation hinges on the this next question. <laughs> have you played this, and how far have you gotten? Yeah, well, I intended to play more of this so that we could have real discussion before the podcast, but I have probably played 30 minutes. <laughs> I've okay. made a character and wandered around in the town a bit. Okay, then I want to wait for okay. the next show. Okay, yeah, we can have a real good long talk about it. <laughs> and I, I wish, I really wish Brian could play this too. Um, I, I, I might, Brian, you have, a, you, know, you have a Vita, right? No. Actually, I was going to say earlier that um, Danganronpa will, is probably going to push me to buy one, which some people will find completely insane. But yes, I don't have one yet. Okay. Curses. <laughs> Yeah, and play play more of this because. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I will say I started tweeting stuff from the very beginning of the game, like the boob slider for the in the character creation <laughs> menu, <laughs> which okay, is that... like absurd. <laughs> it's it's, they're not even like porn star boobs. They're they're like something. They're like rockets on on her <laughs> chest or something. It is it is so ridiculous. But that, that that's not even like you're not you don't you don't even know. I what know, you're in, I know. From for. what I've heard from you, I'm not even to the really good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like this this is one of the just most confusing games I've played in a really long time. I. <laughs> so yes, play more of that. So, but you, uh, we should clarify for everyone that you are the only fan of the Hollow Knight series in I'm the English-speaking world, yes. right? Uh, yes, I, I think I think that's how it goes. Okay. For some reason, Xseed keeps them keeps releasing them for my benefit. Uh, yeah, well, I haven't I've played any of the other games in the series, but I got magically sent a review copy. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I. No, I I literally do not know anybody else who likes these games. <laughs> I I do not. I have I have no idea. I have no idea who's playing them and who's buying them. For XE to keep bringing them out, but okay. So you're gonna play that more, <laughs> and so we'll talk about that next time. So then, Anne, it's your job to do some cheerleading. All right. Well cheerleading right so we had I, i'm not quite i'm not really prepared today because we had we hadn't really decided what i was going to be talking about until the last minute but i can still talk about it anyway um 
So we mentioned earlier that Axis has been bringing over some Otome games recently. Um, and admittedly, I'm not really a big fan of the Hakuoki series, so I'm a little bit irritated that they keep bringing over Hakuoki games. I just leave it, you know, I'd rather have something else. But they did bring over one other Otome game, which is Sweet Fuse. And Sweet Fuse at Your Side is the full title for the PSP. And um, it's got a pretty interesting premise. So you're this gal who happens to be the niece of famous game designer Keiji Inafune. <laughs> and Keiji... And, and- Sorry. And by the way, I'm, I'm, I just want to cut in real quick because at TGS during one of the interviews, somebody actually asked Inafune how his niece was doing. <laughs> nice. That's one of the questions, and, and he laughed. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so the fictional niece of Keiji Inafune. Um, but he, Inafune, has decided to create a theme park centered around video games. And uh, the niece, or the player, you, are attending this, uh, the grand opening of this amusement park. But this evil pig named Count Hogstein <laughs> crashes the party and captures Inafune and like all of the people at the uh, opening ceremony and says that He's gonna like blow up the amusement park and kill all the hostages if you know you don't play this sort of deadly game with him, and you get thrown into these sections of the theme park. Each one has a different theme based on certain type of video game. Like there's a horror section and there's a kind of kart racing section that's very Mario Kart esque, um, and it, it's sort of like the Zero Escape series where there are these sort of deadly puzzles, but you're not really actually solving them because it's a visual novel, so it's more just the premise and you watch the characters walk through the puzzles together and work through them, and you get a little bit of selection, like you can choose to, I don't know, push the button or not push the button or stuff like that. But the real draw of this game are the you know lovely hunks that you get stuck in this amusement park with and of course you romance them and fall in love with them and all that good stuff (laughs) um i think the big draw for me of this game is that it's quite funny and um the different bachelors are really amusing because they're all kind of these cliche archetypes that you always get you know the the smart guy with glasses or the you know beefy guy with a short temper you know these are kind of the characters that you always see in these kind of games but they're quite interesting even though they they're they're quite weird like you've got this detective with these really ugly kind of orange sunglasses that you know and just all these different characters you've got a a video game nerd who's wearing a straight jacket for some reason they never explain in the game (laughs) So it's just very wacky, and I, I just love it, you know. I think if you're going to play an Otome game, you should play something, like, totally nuts. So this is what you should pick. <laughs> so I definitely recommend it. I would recommend it over Hakuoki if you've never played an Otome game, honestly. Yeah, you know, one of the big questions I wanted to ask you was what you thought of the, the selection of guys, because I almost felt like 
<clears throat> almost like at first they're they're not what I expected because you kind of expect this at least visually they feel like I don't know like I, I just I felt really weird about the the, the, the guy selection yeah because, I yeah I, I get what you're saying I mean in terms of just the character designs I remember looking at them and thinking oh I don't I'm why would I want to play it for these guys it was right. kind of my feeling but I and so mm, I feel like it's quite an oddity for an Otome game. In in Japan, I don't think it was really received that well. A lot of the Japanese reviews said that there wasn't enough romance and it was, like, too weird. And so yeah. it kind of feels like a parody in a way. Yeah. And I really like that. You know, I'm big, I never talk about this, but actually my thesis is on parody in boys of manga. So I'm, like, super into parody these days and sort of satire and that sort of thing. And I think the game is, like, it's not only making fun of different game genres, but in, well, not necessarily making fun of them, but parodying them and sort of critiquing them. Um, but it also is very self-aware of the Otome game genre itself and being part of that genre. So yeah, the, the male characters are not your stereotypical Otome game characters, though I think they're quite well written. I really enjoyed them as I started playing through the game. But yeah, at the beginning, I was like, I don't even know who to go for because they're all pretty weird. Right, and, and <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the that's the thing is like, I mean, like you play a game like <clears throat> Hakuoki, and I think like right away, just looking at the artwork, you can pick. Oh, I'm gonna go for that guy or this guy, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> I think a lot of Otome games are typically like that, where they have that initial connection just to the visual aspect of the guys. But in this game. You really have to get to know who they are as people, and that's what draws you to them. And that's that's a really interesting choice. But it does work into like you're saying the kind of the whole parody um, of it. But on the other end of the visuals, like I love the art style. I think the art style is so good and and just just so visually appealing. Yeah. And even if the characters' designs aren't always appealing to me, um, visually they just they look awesome and all the colors pop and everything. Uh, but I think, like for me, like from what I played it so far, my favorite part is is Saki, the main character. I mean, she's oh yeah, yeah. I she's didn't she's even mention she's, that. she's fun. She's interesting. She's a female character that just like really stands up for herself and and is is not afraid to just jump into kind of situations and stuff. I feel like like she she really holds her own. And you know, I mean, I think Hakuoki's main character was was interesting too in some ways, but definitely Saki is like you don't. I I think maybe maybe I'm completely wrong on this, but uh, you know I, I think one of the things is that from my experience with with Otome games is if you're coming at it from a female player, the game kind of feels like it's it's putting you into almost this slight position of weakness compared to all the guys, so that they can you can be romanced by them. You know, at mm. some point, at some point, they can kind of be like the the heroic character that that kind of sweeps you off your feet versus like the other side for for dating sims for guys where you're always kind of the guy in power you right know? and you're, yeah. you're getting you're getting to choose between the girls whereas in this game like Saki is like really on the same level as the guys so it it brings kind of a different perspective as to how you approach them and how you approach even thinking about wanting to be in a relationship with one of them 
Yeah, and one of my favorite parts early on in the game is you can actually call a guy out on a sexist comment he makes. <laughs> like, he says something like, oh, you're a girl, so blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't really remember what he says. But you, you have this option as Saki to sort of get angry. I forget what. Do you remember what exactly the, it is? I don't, is? yeah. Yeah, I but don't. she, sometimes it'll pop up and it'll be like, do you want to, like, get mad or do you want to just kind of like sweep it under the table and move on but pretty much every time that option came up i was like i'm gonna get mad and then she like, gets really <laughs> angry and all of the characters whoever she gets angry with at the time will get will be like oh i'm so sorry and then you know they'll get really upset and realize that you know they were being a jerk or whatever but in this case the guy says something that's you know well because you're a girl you can't do this or you know, of course, you, you know, I don't really remember exactly what he says. But so if you choose to call him out on it, she'll get pissed and she'll be like, that's sexist. Why would you say that? You know, and, <laughs> and then he'll be like, oh, I had no idea. You know, and, you know, he's not like some Internet commoner that would just get pissed off at you if you say, oh, that's sexist. He's like actually like really sweet about it. And, you know, oh, I'm sorry I made you upset. And then at the end of that conversation, his romance meter for you goes up. You know, like, he, he kind of, like, likes the fact that you're spunky and would, you know, tell him your feelings. And I feel like that is not an option in a lot of these kind of games or any game, really, you know. Like, so I really feel like I can relate to Saki because she's doing things that I would do, you know. I get pissed right. up and say, how dare you say that, you know, or something. So, yeah, that was definitely a highlight that I didn't even mention, so... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I love her the character, and I think that that's probably one of the reasons why this game's so fun. And if you if you if like the idea of an Otome game kind of frightens you at first, but you're interested in trying one, I think this is a really good place to start. Yeah, yeah. Even more so than Hakuoki, which a lot of people build that you know this is a good place for dudes to start because there's blood yeah. and it's dark. No, it's, and <laughs> no, I thought it it just. <clears throat> Yeah, this one's much better. So don't play Hakuoki, play Sweet Views. <laughs> and speaking of the art style, you know the artist is actually the same guy that does the Ace Attorney games. Yep. Yeah, so that's always a plus for fans of the Ace Attorney series. Yep. Yeah. So I guess I'm all set with that one. I hope everybody listening plays it. <laughs> because we need I want access to realize that they can pick more you know different Otome games and they'll be well received I hope so <laughs> Brian yes I am going to go with a game that we already talked about uh, Sayonara Umihara Kawase or uh, I guess it's going to be what Yumi's Odd Odyssey um, and I'm going to start it off on a slightly negative note, just saying that, uh, <laughs> as we've talked about, it's not the prettiest game in the world. And it, uh, I, although I, it's funny because when I first saw it, I thought it was ugly, and then I saw trailers, and I was like, actually, it's kind of grown on me. And then when I saw it on my 3DS, I thought, no, it's ugly again. Um, <laughs> and at first, that really turned me off because I, I'm one of the, well, I shouldn't say I'm one of the few people, but I actually really like the look of the Super Famicom and PlayStation versions for myself. I think even though they're kind of cheap looking, I really like the art style. Um, so that turned me off, but um, I will say that it quickly gained my respect. And uh, I mean, one thing you can say about all of these games, the Umihara Kawase games, is that 
to me, they're all just variations on a theme or like a, they're almost like re-releases of the same game, even though they're not, you, every game, they don't really add too many uh, aspects to it. It's always use the D-pad to move, you have one button to jump and one button to shoot your line. I mean, there really isn't much more to it than that. And you have to get through a level to get to the door. Um, and sometimes there's multiple doors, but anyway, um, they often feel like you're playing the same game over and over again, even though the placement is different. Um, but that said, I don't know, I'm just having a really fun time with it. And I totally respect a game where, you know, I feel like I'm on the fifth level and I think I had to play it 20 times before I got to the damn door this morning. <laughs> you know, I just kept, <laughs> because like there are some of them, some of the ledges are slippery or sometimes you hook something and you fly too far and you like, you know, fly off into the water or I couldn't hook something. And I mean, some people will get frustrated by it, but I was laughing so hard just that, that I kept dip, you know, throwing myself into the water. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I hope that people give it a chance, especially if it's cheap enough, and look past its ugliness and, you know, just enjoy something that's completely unique and and fun in its own way, I guess. I don't know. So now, now, did, now how, how do you have this? Is it like the Japanese cartridge version or? Yep, I have a, I've, well, I had a, a Japanese 3DS for a long time. I got rid of it. I just got a new one. Um, I bought it as soon as it came out. I just haven't played it until this weekend. <laughs> okay, so you have just the cartridge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll be digital only in in America. Yeah, which is probably for. That's I mean, fine. like I would if I was going to buy it, I would prefer it to be the physical version. But it'll probably be cheaper, and if this is the only way they can bring it out, why not? But and I would also suggest if you kind of like the idea of this one. But you, you know, it's just too hideous for you. Check out like the, D, the DS game or the PS. The DS game includes the PS version and the Super Famicom version. Or try out the other ones. I mean, they're all a lot of fun, and I think the other two look better. So, whatever you want to do. <laughs> We're supposed to be selling this game, not whatever you want, guys. No, no, no. Well, you can I'm play it or not. <laughs> No, 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 I didn't mean it that way. I meant, um, I, what I really was trying to say is if you like this version, try out the other ones as well. But, I mean, I think I would like someone, I would like people to try any version. And, and I know we should be selling the current version, but, and most people are only going to buy the 3DS version because, you know, tracking down the Super Famicom version or the PS version isn't going to be that easy or cheap yeah. unless you're going to emulate, which is fine, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it really should have come out on, like, the, the Wii Virtual Console or something like that. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. Um, so for my game, it's, I'm just going to real quick, but I wanted to mention this game because it's on sale for a ridiculously fantastic price. That is Fatal Frame 2. Uh, the original Fatal Frame was this, at the time, very obscure uh, survival horror game where... You're, it's kind of like a Japanese setting. I believe the first one was, was still in Japan. Uh, I could be wrong about that one. But there's all these like creepy ghosts around. And instead of attacking them with swords or guns or anything like that, you have a camera. You take pictures of ghosts. And taking pictures of ghosts makes them go away. It sounds like a very strange 
premise possibly, but it was uh, a, a great game. And then Fatal Frame 2 comes along and Fatal Frame 2 was just fantastic. It's the story of two twin sisters, Mayu and Mio, if I'm remembering correctly. And they get trapped in this kind of ancient Japanese village in the middle of the night. I don't know why they were there for some strange reason. Just to like, let's go to that creepy Japanese village at midnight. (laughs) We're bored and there can't be any ghosts there or anything. So it'd be fine. Uh, But the one sister gets, gets kidnapped. And so you, you are, I think you're playing Mayu and you're trying to find your sister and you have a camera, the camera obscura. That's the only weapon you have against these ghosts. And it is just fantastic, and it is absolutely positively creepy. This is one of the few games I've ever played where I I could not play in the dark. I actually had to turn the lights on because wow. I was getting so freaked out when I was <laughs> playing it. So if you like creepy games, especially around you know this Halloween time, Sony's having a sale currently for on horror games, and so the digital downloadable PS2 version of Fatal Frame Two is only two dollars if you have PS Plus. I think it's only Which, I think it's three dollars if you don't, so it's still a crazy good deal. It huh. is if you don't have PS plus, it is three ninety nine. Oh okay. So four bucks. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Five dollars normally, right? Or ten. Yeah, ten ten dollars normally for right, PS2. So, wow. Yeah, then that's not bad. Even ten dollars is a you know, cheap way to get that game. Yeah. And the original Fatal Frame is also on sale. For three ninety nine or two bucks if you're on PS Plus. So for four dollars you could have both Fatal Frame games. But if you're only getting one, Fatal Frame Two, absolutely fantastic. Just the 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 design, the the visuals, the story, the setting, the mood, the, the music, everything, which is fantastic game. And it is that time of the year when you want to be scared, and this will <laughs> frighten the dickens out of you. So, <laughs> so last. But always not least, it is time for the nichiest of them all, <laughs> where the three of us tell the tale of a game that we own or have owned, and we try to stump our two fellow co-hosts as to what that game is, and by order of the alphabet, <laughs> Anne comes first. Oh, I'm always first. All right. Well... I was quite pleased with myself about this one because it's actually a game that I've been wanting for a very long time and it's uh, relatively hard to get your hands on, maybe not in the US, but here in Australia I had a hard time finding it. But I finally did over this last vacation, which is why I consider the vacation a success. (laughs) Um, The title is Imagine Ballet Star and Mm. is for the Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I will, I, will, I will let Brian go first. <laughs> now, we're, <laughs> we're supposed to uh, say what, like, the genre is, right? What, what, we're supposed to say what we think the game is. Oh, yes. man. And I know I mean, it, it's not hard to guess. I mean, you could, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're pretty much but... going to be right, but I'm still pleased with it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But I do know some of those Imagine games are just like, they take a random Japanese game and then they give it a new name. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't all start as Imagine games, I think. Because wasn't there, there was like a um, a figure skating game that they did that to, too. 
But anyway, mm-hmm. so imagine, what was it, ball- Ballet Star? <laughs> yeah. Ballet Star. Well, uh, I'm just going to go with the most straightforward answer about it being about a girl that you take through her career as a ballerina, and I'm guessing there's some touchscreen, uh, you know, pirouettes, pirouettes involved. <laughs> I don't know. All That's right. all I've got. <laughs> so I, I actually, I was going to say the exact same thing Brian did because I do know that what Ubisoft did for some of these Imagine games, they weren't all like those crappy yeah. Western developed games. They were Some of them were actually just Japanese games they brought over and put in a different name. I don't know which ones are out there, but I know there are a few like that. And so I'm assuming this is one of those made by a Japanese company I don't know the exacts of the game, and I was going to say that it might be like this crazy ice skating RPG where, where you know, you're you're going around and you're getting into random battles with your opponents <laughs> to take them out before the big competition. But I'm going to actually say it's some sort of music oh. rhythm game kind of thing where, like, you know, you're, you're ice skating and the music's playing and you're you're having to hit some sort of uh, icons at certain times to do your proper, um, you know, ice skating moves that you're supposed to be doing for your routine. So that's what I think it is. Okay, well, it's ballet stars, not ice skating stars. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know why. Why I turned into ice skating? It's because I mentioned ice skating during the I didn't mean to lead you astray, but... Yeah, Yeah, they they do have another... There's an imagine figure skating i think of course damn it yeah i don't know why i don't know why i got onto ice skating well you can just say everything you said but ballet yeah about ballet yeah well you're both you're both right basically but it's not a fancy rpg or anything it's just like you said it is one of the titles that uh, was originally japanese um but not all of the imagine games are a lot of them are complete crap but if you're savvy and you know which ones to look out for um you can pick up a couple of them are actually japanese games and this one was princess ballerina uh you may meet yoni no prince yeah, prima donna. So it's got a long title, but yeah, basically Princess Ballerina in Japanese. And um, yeah, it's you can pick from one of three girls and at the beginning, and they all have different stories actually. So you pick which girl you want to be, and then you take her through um, ballet school. So she goes to school and has her ballet lessons, and then you have to do different performances. And it's quite in-depth, actually, because there's a little bit of, like, dating sim elements because each girl has, like, a guy that has a thing for her, and, you know, you can raise your affection with him uh, over the course of the game. And every month you give a performance of a different ballet. Like, the first one is Giselle, and you have to practice it so you can practice these different routines but then you can also practice different I don't I don't really understand it because I don't really get ballet but say you want to do like a spin that there are different spins that give you more points when doing the performance so if you like learn a high level spin 
then you can actually change the routine so that when you actually give the final performance, you're doing this like higher level spin mm. that, you know, requires more technique. And then that will get you more points in the end. And at the very end, you're kind of graded on your whole uh, ballet performance. And the actual rhythm elements are a bit shoddy. It's kind of, you can tell it's aimed at kids. So they're very simplistic, but there are different ones where you, you know, twirl the stylus around on the bottom screen or you tap things in a certain order and then all these different mini games there's like you you go to the local candy shop and <laughs> the guy at the candy store will be like you know oh i've got all these candies but i don't i need to find the matching ones can you match them and then you like <laughs> match these candies and they'll give you bonus stats and you know all this goofy stuff but it's quite fun if you're into these sort of you know, cutesy Japanese sim games, and it's in English, so it's it's pretty neat. And actually, I forgot to mention, so you do all of these different ballets, and it will actually tell you the story of the ballet, and you can buy clothing for your character, and if you buy clothing that is appropriate for the ballet that you're going to be doing, then you get, like, additional bonuses. So you actually learn a fair bit about these different ballets and actually ballet techniques. And then there's even, for aspiring ballerinas everywhere, there's actually uh, like a little stretch manual in the game for real-life ballet stretches. So you like click this menu, and it'll be like a, a little explanation with a little figure showing you how to do the stretch in real life that has no use in the game. So... Yes, it's very cute. <laughs> now, how much did you pay for this? $12. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's not bad because I'm looking on Amazon and the going rate for a new copy is like 22 bucks, but there there's some not too bad used copies for like four, $4 plus shipping. Yeah, you have to do a little bit of hunting to get a good price for it. I mean, I wouldn't spend more than... 15 bucks for it honestly like 12 bucks was okay but um and then yeah there's the imagine figure skating is another just, good one apparently <laughs> which i've also been looking for but this is the I one i just, came across i was just going to say <laughs> that proving that i was not completely insane there is an imagine figure skater and it completely looks japanese i'm looking at the screenshots right now this has to have been a japanese game and on Amazon, brand new, five ninety nine. Wow. Oh, I better get that. <laughs> so I, I might have to order myself a copy. <laughs> They'll all be gone tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's a guide out there somewhere as to which of the Imagine games were actually Japanese developed. Huh. Yeah, I, I found one. I'll have to look back. Actually, it was on Tumblr or something. There was one going around. I think Makeup Artists is actually Japanese as well. Um, I don't know. I'll look for it. But yeah, it's it's fun hunting for these. You know, like if you go to the game store and you're, I I was looking for these for a while. So I'll look in the like cheap used game section and be pulling out all these different Imagine games. You know, and flipping them over to see if they have Japanese looking <laughs> screenshots on the back. You know, <laughs> but yeah. wow, makeup artist is forty six ninety six. Wow. That is crazy because yeah, this is, is, is this, this looks Japanese too. <laughs> yeah, it's quite weird, and I'm pretty sure that at least ballet dancer and ice skater are by the same Japanese company originally. Mm -hmm. I think I was looking around, and they 
the box has the same logo with Spike. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, they're quite cute, and you don't get a lot of these sort of sim games aimed at girls coming out in English, so... I, you know what I forgot? I'm going to, and I'm going to add to my list of games that I'm really, really looking forward to coming out. Uh, Girls Fashion Shoot (laughs) for 3DS. In English? Yes. So I don't remember the name. Um, I, I have to see like when it's actually coming out because it says it's out of stock, but I don't think it's actually been officially released yet. And I can't remember what the Japanese name was, but it had some a, a tie-in with um, one of the big uh, Japanese fashion magazines. Mm. But it's basically it's kind of like style savvy, in that you have all those kind of fashion elements, but then you can actually go and you can run a fashion magazine in the game. And so you have to pick like who your model for the cover is going to be and like what advertisements you run and things like that. So it's got kind of that that business side, not just the kind of running a uh, clothing store and, and picking fashions like that, but also running the kind of media side of fashion too. Hmm. So that's coming out in English. and I, 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 It was supposed to have already been out by now, but I do not think it's actually hit yet. Hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Anyway, Brian. Yes. What is your game? Uh, I am going to go way back with mine. <laughs> Um, I have a Game Boy game I'm going to throw upon you. Um, It is called Amazing Penguin, or it was, and it was released by Natsume in 1990. Amazing Penguin. (laughs) Anne? (laughs) Amazing Penguin by Natsume. Yep, they even developed it. Ah, well, if it's Natsume, mm. <laughs> I want to, I based on the title, I want to say it's some kind of platformer with a penguin in it, but because it's Natsume, I want it to be like a Harvest Moon, but with a penguin. <laughs> so I just, I'm torn. <clears throat> I, I'll go with Harvest Moon for penguins, <laughs> where you are the penguin. <laughs> Because I don't know, <laughs> clearly. Um, I have a feeling, and I might be wrong, because I I might be influenced by Pengo, because Pengo was an old-school Sega Penguin-based game that was like a puzzler. But I feel like, at that point, Natsume had a lot of puzzle games like Cat Trap and things like that. So I want to say it's it's some sort of puzzle game kind of like Boxel maybe where you're a penguin and you're pushing things around to get through a maze or something like that maybe to get to your penguin loved one like <laughs> penguin girlfriend um, so I think it's some sort of like puzzle game where you're pushing things around well neither of you are right but I will say I if I did not know what the game was I would expect it to be a platformer or something um, although you, Shidoshi you were closest with kind of Pengo um, it's kind of, it's its own weird uh, little genre. I mean, you would kind of say it's like Pengo or Pac-Man, kind of like Kicks. the, well, I don't know if you guys know that game, oh, Tato. Yeah. Uh, so you are a penguin with a beret 
which is <laughs> what actually attracted to me to the game in the beginning. Um, and each, most of the stages are just one single Game Boy screen, but eventually they get larger. And it kind of looks like, um, like the screen is broken up into boxes, and your penguin is in one corner, uh, and um, throughout the stage are other little enemies and rocks, and you're basically supposed to kill all of the enemies. Um, or, like, you're running across the stage kind of like kicks and you're breaking off sections of the stage, which doesn't make sense, maybe. But um, So your goal is, I think, to either finish this, like, either kill all the enemies or box off the entire stage, which doesn't make any sense. But, um, I don't know, it, I have always liked it because it's unique, it, it doesn't, and it's adorable with a little penguin with a beret. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's on the eShop, though. So I don't know how people can try it unless they just want to emulate it or buy the... I actually just bought this the Japanese version of it. What, what, what was the name of it again? It's called Amazing Penguin in the U.S. And it was Penguin Boy in Japan. So I would highlight... Even though my description of it probably was confused, imagine, like, Pengo plus Pac-Man plus Kicks and just go with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's on the the eShop at this point. I, I know. I know they put Cat Trap up. But I don't think they put this oh. one up. Well, there's always emulation. If well, if you're okay with that. But hey, yep. if you can't buy it. So that's two points for you, Brian. Yes. You guys got that. Um, I I might have picked it when it's too easy this time around. I don't know. Because I, I realized five minutes before the show I didn't have not a Mickeyist <laughs> pick. And I struggled for what I should go for. So I'm going to try this one, and you guys might know it right away. I'm hoping you don't, because it, it it's a game that I know very well, but I don't know how well-known it was outside of me. Um, it is for the DS, and it is called Izuna, Legend of the Unemployed Ninja. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I uh, see you both know it already. So what? What is it? You go, Anne. Uh, uh, oh, I better not be wrong, right? Uh, <laughs> I just re- I remember I remember the cover. It's got it's about this ninja girl, and she I don't know. He's an unemployed ninja. There you go. But it's a <laughs> uh, now I'm confused. I'm, I think it's an RPG. But I can't remember if it has roguelike elements in it or not. I want to say it does. But I know it's got a female ninja and there's a lot of weird dialogue. I remember looking at screenshots and it's like quite strange. She goes around talking to all of these people and... um, yeah, fighting things, right? I mean, that that like is <laughs> basically describing like fifty percent of the games <laughs> out there. But I swear I know it. I'm just not exactly sure how the gameplay is. I, I seem to remember it being more of sort of a top-down view rather than like it's not a side-scrolling game for sure. That's my guess. <laughs> Brian, I'm gonna second what she said, but I know it's a roguelike. Um, like uh, dungeon, um, and she's—it's a pink-haired ninja, right? Yes. I mean, I—I I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was like a dungeon-crawling rogue-like. 
kind of like a um like shinobi right is it shinobi series no 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 more like, oh, i'm trying no, to think no, of no. like you're, you're thinking of as, uh shinen shinen oh or? yeah 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 that's what i'm thinking <laughs> right yes. yes the shirin games shirin that's yeah. what it was yeah shinen, shirin, yeah. <laughs> uh yes so brian is correct it is a roguelike it, you are a ninja who is unemployed and so you're going to this village trying to find work and they have like these different dungeons with I think gods locked in them and something crazy is going on uh, it's very humorous very over the top but it's also very brutally hard because it is it is very much a roguelike wherein if you die you go back to the beginning and you can lose all your stuff I think there were ways in order to which you could keep it um you did certain things to them like i think there was talismans you could put onto them to keep them but there's like this whole talisman system where you could like upgrade your weapons and everything but it's um like it was one of these it was one of the first games that really got me into roguelikes because they've been around for a long long time and i used to try playing games like NetHack and moria and things like that on the, on the computer um but i never really understood them but izuna was one of the first where the, the whole genre finally clicked with me and I, I and I really got to love the idea of a roguelike with this game. And so if you've never played them, you, you go into a dungeon and the idea is every floor is randomly generated and there are monsters and, and treasures and you never know what you're going to find. But the entire movement of the each floor depends on you. So all the monsters will only move when you've made a move. So for every one step you take, all the monsters take one step in whatever direction they're going to go to next. So it's it's kind of like a, it's it's a, it's a it's a turn-based game, but it's not turn-based in the way you would kind of think. Yeah. It's just it's just whenever you make your move, they take their turns at the same time. So if you're if you're like just booking it through a maze, then all the monsters will be moving very quickly or anything, or you can just kind of stop and think about what your next you know move should be depending on if you want to attack monsters or if you want to run away or things like that it's it's kind of a genre that you have to you either like love it or hate it i, I feel like and i i hate to always compare games to dark souls but it's kind of like a it's a very difficult game and it doesn't hold your hand like the genre you know it, it's very brutally difficult and you have to really put effort into it and try and be careful and think about what you're doing instead of just running into danger and things like that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you can get killed very easily and lose all your stuff and all your progress. Uh, there was a sequel that came out. I wasn't really as a big fan of it. I've got it, but I did not like it nearly as much as the first game. Um, so if you have a DS, I, I don't even know. Like, let's see. Let's see if it's even possible to buy this game anymore. For Man, nah, it's 69 bucks used. <laughs> I don't know. It's sixty-nine dollars new, fourteen dollars used. Oh. So you could find you oh, could find a used bad. copy if you're really curious about it. Yeah. Um. I think I probably liked it more than it deserved because it did have like a really charming amount of humor and the, the characters were fun and everything. Uh, it, it got a little like they tried to kind of like sex it up in some ways. Because <sighs> I think you got like a little mini poster of, of Izuna and, and like the hot springs go figure you know <laughs> with, with the towel around her and stuff but it was just it was it was fun and the characters were were fun so huh. uh brian got so i think brian is a winner today yeah because he stumped the most of us i get that internet cookie or something right yep 
And you know what? I that's uh, we're almost at two hours. Wow. Wow. Yeah, this was kind of a long episode, but we had some a lot of catching up to do. That's right. And we're gonna, and I think we're gonna try to to get back on our month schedule, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about holiday wish list, right? Yes. So I think next episode, and you know what, we should try. We should try see if we'll get email because we've never gotten email for this show. So, here's what we're going to do. I am going to put an email address for this show that I do not know yet, (laughs) but it will exist. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Uh, And if if for some reason you cannot find the show notes, you can just ask me on Twitter (laughs) and I will tell you what it is. I just don't know what it is yet because I've not made it yet, but I'm going to make it. And I want people to write in and tell us what crazy niche games they want for Christmas. And it can be one of two things. It can be any of the games we talked about re- on, the, on this show that like have come out recently or that are coming up in the future or games we didn't, we just missed out on talking on the show. Or it can be that crazy game you've wanted for years and years and years and you've never been able to find a copy. Like how for years I looked and looked for a copy of Twinkle Star Sprites for Dreamcast and could never find it. And then when I finally did find it, I didn't care anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> yes. So what niche game do you want for Christmas? It, and whatever your answer to that is, is a good answer. So, so email us at the mysterious address. I don't know yet. It will be in the show notes. Tell us what game you want for Christmas and why. And if we get any emails, we will read them on our next show. And then we ourselves will answer that as well. So, sound good? Sounds great. Then, for Anne and for Brian, I am Shidoshi, and this has been another episode of the nichiest podcast ever. (laughs) 